Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Doug Brown. He dominated NFL headlines during the offseason, during training camp, and now on opening night. ESPN's Adam Schefter and Josina Anderson report the Raiders will suspend wideout Antonio Brown after he got into an argument with GM Mike Mayock in front of the team during Wednesday's practice. ESPN's Dan Orlovsky says it's just business as usual for Brown. This goes back to week 17 last year when he quit on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a must-win game to get into the playoffs. I'm not surprised by these antics or what has happened at all. I expected this out of AB. The Raiders play their opener at home Monday night against the Broncos. The 100th NFL season kicks off tonight in Chicago with the Bears hosting the Packers. Colts owner Jim Ursay tells Forbes magazine he's turned down an offer of $3.2 billion to buy the team. Ursay tweets today, though, the team is not for sale. Northwestern quarterback T.J. Green will miss the rest of the season after foot surgery. He got hurt in the opener against Stanford. Baseball finals today. The A's sweep a three-game series from the Angels, 10-6. The White Sox beat the Indians 7-1, a complete game one-hitter for Reynaldo Lopez. The Cardinals shut out the Giants 10-0. The Reds beat the Phillies 4-3 on an 11th-inning walk-off home run for Philip Irvin. It's women's semifinal night at the U.S. Open. Live coverage underway on ESPN and the ESPN app. First, Serena Williams against Alina Svitolina, then Belinda Bencic and Bianca Andreescu. Coming up Thursday, folks, it's here. Welcome to the 100th NFL season. We'll get you primed for Bears-Packers. Plus, Zeke's eating good with his new deal, so when is it Dak's turn, and is he eating more than Jared Goff? Now I'm hungry. Goal can win go Thursday. 6 Eastern ESPN Radio, ESPN 2. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. It's the Beer Show with Chris Reavers and Mike Fratelloni. That's right. Thursday night means Beer Show night here on Score North on 1500, scorenorth.com. And, of course, the all-new Score North mobile app. My name is Chris Reavers. Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. He's off this week, but uh, usually he is by my side. And uh, we've kind of had a running theme here uh, on the Beer Show these last couple of weeks. Uh, last week when we were at the Minnesota State Fair, uh, we had uh, local Beer Show royalty with Mark Stutrud and Summit Brewing and uh we're going to even go back a little bit further, and we're going to talk to one of the best in the business. His name is Larry Bell from Bell's Brewery. Larry, uh, welcome back to the beer show first and foremost, and congratulations on the best beer in America, voted by not only everybody that loves beer, but also Chris Reavers. The Bell's Two-Hearted Ale is obviously one of my favorite IPAs. Congratulations to you, sir, and welcome back to the beer show. Thank you, and i got two words for you for tonight. Go Bears. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How does a Michigan guy root for the Chicago Bears? Come on here. 
I'm from Illinois. I'm talking to you from my house in Chicago. Oh, fantastic! Where I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Bears stuff. My dad had season seats. My wife is a huge Bears fan. Oh boy, the things that come out of her mouth when we watch football. <laughs> and here's what I love. So not only have you made time for for this little radio show in the Twin Cities, but you've done so on game day. So that makes me love you even more, Larry. Thank you. We got it all planned out to watch the game. So it's exciting to have football back. You know, I, I, I just saw a picture of some ice two-hearteds down at Soldier Field. Oh. Uh, we sell some beer down there, so everybody's getting ready for the game here. All right, so walk uh, walk the listeners through uh, the history of you guys at Bell's because I, I know that a lot of people that listen to the show are craft beer snobs like myself, but some that are listening might not know the history of Bell's, but you guys have been around since 1983. Uh, I started home brewing in 1980, and then I opened the homebrew shop in '83. And in September of '85, we sold our first beer uh, to the public out of the brewery. Uh, so we're coming up on 34 years here, uh, September 19th. And we started, you know, I started with a 15 gallon soup pot and some garbage pails, and <laughs> you know, uh, then we had. Some old uh, soup pot from a boys' school down in Indiana uh, for five years, and you know, none of this happens overnight. But um, you know, now we're you know we've been around for a long time, and we we crank out some pretty good volume. And Minnesota has been uh, with us for a long time. Has you know when you talk about two hearted, Minnesota was a and always has been a huge two hearted market for us. Uh, really been been great. Uh, Sure, a lot of hop heads up in the Twin Cities. So let me ask you, Larry. I always love hearing uh, when that moment was for guys like yourself or guys like Mark Stutru with Summit Brewing. You know, some of the legends that have been doing this a long time and continuing to put out really good craft beer. When was that first moment where, as I call it, it's the your nuts hump, where you finally got over that hump and went, "Oh my God, we might make it. This might actually be something that's going to last a long time." It was probably in the early 90s. Um, we put in, a, finally had a 15 barrel system, like some real brewing equipment. And, uh, you know, we were, we'd made a lot of our mistakes already and, and we're going along. And then uh, we changed the law for, so we could sell beer by the glass to the public. So 92, 93, things really change for us and it looks like we're off and running yeah no doubt no doubt so obviously you know what i associate with you guys the most is a two-hearted ale but i have to tell you for the first time uh andy gave me the chance here the local rep here for you guys gave me the bells oktoberfest and here's what i have to say to you holy crap this might be my new favorite oktoberfest and that's saying something because that's one of my personal favorite styles of beer you know i love our oktoberfest and i love when we start hitting weather like this this is this is prime beer drinking season in in my opinion this is the greatest time of year to drink beer i know you know in the summertime we have the volume and people crank it down a little bit more but we're kind of on the cusp where we still have summer beers available but now we start moving into some heartier fall beers oktoberfest brown ales um things with a, a little bit more substance to them and if you can sit outside and drink mm. beer like that, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh, I could not agree with you more on that. Uh, and, I, and if you could wear some later hosen while you're doing it, that's pretty good, too. It's an added nice touch, isn't it, Larry? 
Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm seeing also, by the way, in front of me here right now, which I can't wait to try after the show is over, uh, your new Hazy uh, IPA called Official. I'd like to hear more about that. You know, that's uh, something that sort of came out of a, a happy accident. There was uh, in the brew house a couple of beers that accidentally got thrown in a tank together. And we went, hey, what, you know, okay, it's not exactly this, but what is it? And uh, staff worked on developing the beer, and, you know, what what do we want to call it? So, um, you know, it's hazy. I wouldn't call it. It's not full-blown uh, New England style, but it's a little bit a little bit lighter in alcohol than the uh, than the two-hearted, and a little bit more of the juicy, let's call them juicy flavors mm-hmm. that uh, folks are looking for uh, a lot these days. And it's been, you know, it's been a real difference maker for us in 2019. And really, we we sort of had some rails on it at the beginning of the year for production, which we've taken off now, and we're shipping a lot of it. It's been very popular. Uh, and I think where you're sitting there, it's on special for the month. Uh, that's right. Larry Bell, Bell's Brewing Company, is the guest here on the Beer Show, courtesy of our friends from Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And they are the featured beer of the month at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They are the best bottle shops in the Twin Cities. They are located in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd and in White Bear Lake at Highway 61 and 4th Street in downtown White Bear Lake. Jackie, turn your microphone on really quick. Uh, beer of the Month, and uh, what, what can we get Bell's for right now for Beer of the Month? So we've got Bell's official six-packs on sale for $9.99 at Sweet. both locations. Awesome. Which is a steal of a deal, so we're really happy about Thank that. Thank you. Alright, so Larry, I want, to, I want to switch back to the official, the Hazy IPA, because I'm always curious to get uh, different brewers' perspectives uh, on this, because it, I see even though it's it's become an extremely popular style of beer, there are some breweries that are almost hesitant to do that because they don't want to seem like they're uh, jumping on a trend, so to speak, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but uh, I like to see that a good quality brewery like yourself is making a style of beer that I personally have fallen in love with. So thank you very much for doing so. I think when when we look at these things, we kind of talk about it and doing it the Bell's way. So there are certain rules and ethics that we consider in brewing uh, anything. So. When we took a look at that style, we, and we say, you know what, we're not throwing flour in it, we're not throwing apple juice at it. You know, what are the things that we can do? Uh, you know, that that we the skills that we have to br- produce this kind of style, and what would that taste like if if we uh, put those skills towards a spear? And so that's kind of how how we look at it, you know, and. Because we're we're not a company that likes to use a lot of uh, adjuncts uh, in making beer, so it's got to fit. It's got to fit with our ethos of brewing when we do that sort of thing. Yeah, I can I can I can only imagine. So let me ask you a quick question. You know, outside of uh, Two Hearted, uh, walk us through the rest of the portfolio that you guys offer at, at Bell's Brewery. Well, the number two beer, which is Oberon, which is seasonal in most of our footprint. Um, but you know, in Michigan in the summer, like Oberon opening day in Michigan is like a national holiday. The governor came down to Kalamazoo this year to wow. have one with us. Um, she's a rock star and, 
at our bar on Oberon opening day, we tapped 107 kegs of Oberon. <laughs> and that's just at our bar. The bar half a block away did 18. The bar across the street did 12. I mean, it is insane. And I think you appreciate it in Minnesota because you live through, you know, worse winters than we do. Right. But, you know, when you get when you get to that and you see baseball season's coming. So between those two brands, those two do a lot. Official is big. We actually sell, like, a lot of Hop Slam. Um, you know, we sell, like, almost 15,000 barrels of Hop Slam. Uh, that, that's bigger than most of the breweries in the country, just with double IPA. Uh, our Winter White we sell a lot of, which is going through a rebrand that's going to be called Bright White now. Um, Amber Ale still hangs in there for us. That was a, a brand that built the brewery back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, Amber Ale's just aren't quite as sexy to everybody as they, they once were, but fantastic beer for going with food. Uh, Oktoberfest, brown ale, porter, stouts. You know, we make, we have a day, uh, first Sunday in November is on the Catholic calendar. It's all Saints Day, but it bells. It's all Stouts Day. Fantastic. <laughs> we've had as many as 22 different stouts on tap that we've brewed on that day. All right. So I'm so, going to let you, and- uh, yeah, I'm going to let you in uh, on my uh, on my life here a little bit, Larry. So when I really got my you know dab, dabbed my toe into the water of craft beer, it was only solely courtesy of my friends at Elevated. And when we started doing this show together, and I have to say that you know Hop Slam for me personally was really that first you know kind of limited release. Pandemonium ensued when it when it when it hit shelves, and to me it was just such an eye opener. Going, oh my god. There are rabid people out there that are very passionate about their beer. You know, and Hopslam continues to be a popular brand for us. It may not have that rarity factor that it once had. You know, there's a lot of people have followed suit with uh, within that style. Mm-hmm. But we still sell a lot of it. <laughs> it's still a popular thing, and... I guess, you know, there's some cool kids go, oh, it's Hop Slam, it was cool once, it's not now. But, you know, from where I sit and the amount that we brew and, and what we hear back from people, that, that still does a lot. We we still have fun doing other double IPAs. I mean, we have double two-hearted out right now at 11% alcohol. Uh, we have Hop Solution we do year-round at 8%. Uh, and then we throw other ones in the Oracle or we throw bring back Mars, but we have fun doing these double IPAs at our bar. The first Friday of every month on our pilot plant, we do a one-off IPA. We make three barrels of with some cool new hops or, or something interesting, experimentals and whatnot. So we still are having a lot of fun doing the IPAs. So the, uh, the the double you're speaking of at 11, uh, 11%, that's the one that I should enjoy on Sunday when I'm on my couch watching the Vikings and the Falcons game, correct? Um, <laughs> you you might want to wait till the second half if you want to see the second half. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Awesome. Well, Larry, Larry I'm going to let you go because I know you uh, want to get after the, the, the Bears and the Packers game later today. But thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It was a truly a pleasure talking to you again here in the Beer Show. Continued success for you guys at Bell's Brewery. And, of course, you know that you have loyal supporters on this show and, of course, at Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. So thank you so much for your time. 
All right. Thanks so much. Have a great night. There he goes. That's uh, beer royalty. And you know what? Uh, uh, you, you too, by the way, uh, I didn't introduce you. Jackie is here, uh, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And Andy, the local rep here for Bell's Brewery. It's so cool talking to him because it just kind of gives you that glimpse into not only the brewery itself, but just kind of the brains behind the operation and how really cool so many people in this industry truly are. It, 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 he's He's awesome. I love Larry. Go ahead. This is yeah. your chance to kiss up to your boss because <laughs> um, he's going to be listening, I'm sure, later. <laughs> thank you for sending my paychecks, Larry. Uh, no, it's been a true blessing of actually coming to work for Bells. I yeah. slaved away in the beer industry for over a decade. And my joke is like when people ask me, how did you get this job? I said, I worked for a lot of bad people for a lot of bad pay for many years, and I lucked out. Yeah. Uh, but it's a really great blessing to work for Bells with quality at first. That is the first and foremost uh, thing that we're thinking about at the brewery. And then... The support behind the the sales staff and the everyone at the brewery, it's a great place to work. All and right, great beer. So you guys are good on time. Can you hang up for a little bit? Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's let's touch on this again. The beer of the month is Bell's Brewery uh, at both locations of Elevated Beer, Wine and Spirits, as I mentioned earlier, and, and of course uh, two tastings <coughs> this weekend per usual in South Minneapolis, Hiawatha, and Forty Second tomorrow. From 5 to 7 p.m. And then, of course, Saturday in White Bear Lake from 3 to 5 p.m., you get to sample Bell's Brewery, Jackie, and you get to do it for free. Yes, we're very excited to have Bell's come and do a tasting. Um, So they'll have the full lineup, but the uh, official six-pack cans is the beer of the month, and uh, we're really excited about that. Awesome. All right. Hang tight for just a quick second. We're going to step aside for a moment and be right back. You're listening to The Beer Show live on Score North. And, of course, you can find us online at scorenorth.com. Welcome back to the Beer Show here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the all-new Score North mobile app. My name is Chris Reavers. We're talking Bell's Brewery with our friends from Elevated to Beer, Wine, and Spirits. And as I mentioned as we went to break in the last segment, two tastings this weekend, this Friday in South Minneapolis at Hiawatha and 42nd, and this Saturday from 3 to 5 in White Bear Lake, Highway 61 and 4th Street. So, Jackie, let me ask you a question because uh, I think people that know you that have heard you on the show before how torturous is it for you that you can't enjoy a quality Bell's Brew because you have to just drink the cider and the gluten-free options uh, in in, uh, in beverage world? You know, I'm just, I'm seeing Andy's face as he drinks it and he looks so happy. That's all the happiness I need. Aww. But is, Bell's is one of the, uh, one of the few craft breweries at uh, that you miss. my favorite local bar that uh, it does really well out there, yeah. so... I've got some uh, very jealous friends right now. I bet, I bet. So, Andy, let me. Uh, you, you are yeah. you're the local rep here in the I Twin am. Cities with Bells, um, and I'm curious to get your perspective because you guys have been at it, you know, for a couple of decades now. But uh, this market has to be pretty strong for you guys at Bells. Yeah, it's a it's a very high performing market, um, and especially since we've been in Minnesota, uh, coming up on 25 years next year. 25? Yeah, 1995. Wow. Cool. Um, so. We almost have the benefit of being, you know, uh, going by, past the local only thing uh, because people just know us. They have a little local beer, and there's a lot of great local beer out there. But then we also kind of get that wonderful buy, just because we're all we're in the we're in the zeitgeist, you know. Mm-hmm. People just know us. Yeah, and I know because I have a lot lot of friends that you know that when I was kind of introduced. To the craft beer world, the go-to IPA was too hard at ale. I mean, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a question. I mean, I don't know if there was much many beers in the Minnesota market 
like Too Hard at IPA at the time. Yeah. So I think that's one of the reasons why it blew a lot of people's minds because there was just nothing around that had that much flavor, aroma, just packed that punch. So let me ask you a question because yeah. Larry brought up something that piqued my interest, of course, um, because I personally have become a huge fan of the double IPA. And I think mm-hmm. it's for a couple of reasons. Uh, I think it's the finish of the double IPA for me because I don't really like bitter beer. Um, or, you know, some people, I, I don't mind super hoppy. I just don't like a, a bitter finish to my IPAs. Yeah. So the double t- tends to combat that a little bit, which is what I've become a big fan of. And he mentioned that Two Hearted is there's a double IPA version of the Two Hearted Ale. Yeah. I want one and I want it now. Where Where is it? You and everyone else. Really? It's, uh, in the state right now. We we first tweeted it out back in February, March and was going to be a four pack and available in June or July. It's like the summer. Uh, we kind of retooled the package. It's going to be now a six-pack, and it'll be shipping to Minnesota next week. So, so we'll we have, have it in about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. So next week we'll be leave Michigan, and then I would realistically say you'll be able to find it in the liquor store in about middle of middle or end of September. So when you're planning for a beer like this, because yeah. I have to imagine with with the, the label that's attached to it in Bell's is, right. is a big deal. Um, when that when something like that is moved to another state or, or debuting in another state, you know, it's mm-hmm. a completely different market. It's going to receive quite the fanfare, I have to imagine. Yeah, I think especially because it has that brand levity that of Two Hearted. People really love Two Hearted around our, our whole footprint. Again, here in Minnesota, we're big hopheads, like you heard Larry said. Uh, but people really identify with Two Hearted, and, and having that brand levity translate over to Double Two Hearted. And the logo is very, very similar to the uh, Two Hearted fish that you'll see on the can here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to have two trout. And it's going to say double too hearted. Really didn't reinvent the wheel too hard with that one. And why? You don't why have should to. You? Yeah, why exactly. Should you? Like it's going to be like the easiest sell I've ever done in my life. Okay, so let me ask you then, uh, as the consumer, yeah. as the uh, the person that's trying to supply the consumer, Jackie, how many times has someone walked into the store in Minneapolis and said, "Where can I get the double IPA from Too Too Hearted?" So many times. Okay. Um. Just all. I mean, we already have people regulars saying. You, you'll hold one for me, right? You're, you'll you'll make sure I get one. So basically, when it gets through the door, it's going to be gone. Uh, boy, I hope not. <laughs> we uh, we don't know how much we're going to get yet, but sure. Boy, I hope we get enough because that's going to be a heartbreaking one if we uh if we have to say no to some people. So right. Hey, Andy, do you know anyone who can uh, make sure we get enough? Or I don't know. I don't know. There might be a hookup. Okay. So yeah. let me let me ask you then. Um, when you're when you're trying to calculate how mm-hmm. much to send here, how much to send there, I know yeah. that there's obviously a finite algorithm of some type that tells you, you know, what should go where. How tough a decision is that? Eight. How much you should ship to the state of Minnesota? Yeah. Because that's an. I got to imagine that's not a cheap beer to make. No, no. It's 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 quite literally double. Just about everything we put into Two Hearted, which means like the best specialty malts, all the the choice Centennial hops. We have we get the best Centennial hops available because we make so much Two Hearted, which is all Centennial hop driven beer. Mm-hmm. So we're we're double doubling doubling that and really putting a lot more ingredients, raw materials in there. So given that, we, when we kind of like look at what we ship to a state, it's kind of based on one, what is our capacity for that beer? Well, how much are we going to make? And then we kind of look at sales volumes and trends, and there's a lot of other factors that go into it, but it kind of starts with how much are we going to make? And with Double Two Hearted, we don't want it to overshadow anything else in our portfolio, but we do want to celebrate it. It's going to be limited in the sense that it won't be around for more than, you know, it's going to be a one-shot, one-shot shipment. So we'll get that all in one shot to Minnesota, 
and it'll get distributed out there. And I just anticipate it will not be around for very long. So. All right. So then let me ask you this. So yep. is this going to be treated as just a seasonal one-off kind of let's try to see what happens? Even less. Um, so in the Bell's turn, in the Bell's world, we have seasonals, which in our mind kind of stretches out for at least a couple months. So our seasonal would be best brown ale. Uh, but our specialty, which is a lot shorter life, would be double two-hearted or a series of other stuff that comes out underneath best brown ale. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a really yeah. loaded question. Are you ready for this? Bring it on. Um, because one of the things that I alluded to when Larry was on the phone in the previous segment was, you know, I really did always equate Hop Slam, at least for me personally, because mm-hmm. I was late to the game. I'm 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 a newbie, and I get that. But Hop Slam to me was kind of that first beer I went. So let me get this straight. A brewery's going to go all this trouble to make this special beer and release it at just this certain time, and these people are going to go crazy over it. Mm-hmm. Why? Same question for this one. Yeah. Why? Why the double? Why the double two hearted ale? When you know you're just going to make so many people like me mad because I can't <laughs> find it. Uh, I think it goes to independence and the way we do we do our business. Uh, it, we can do what we need to do. Uh, do we what we want. And kind of share the beer that we love to make and drink and share it with the people out there. Yeah. But we're independent and family owned, so you get no, to do whatever you want. Yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> "Hey, Jokers, here is just uh, here's just you get a case. Uh, I don't know. It's not like waving it in front of your face or whatever, but it is it is basically going back to the fact that we don't have anyone telling us what to do, how much to make, where to send it. We can do what sees fit, uh, what we see fit for our business." And share that beer with our fans. Yeah. And I think that's the most important. This is definitely a fan-driven beer because this is not the first time we've made Double Two Hearted. Oh. Um, this is the first time we've packaged it and make it in a little bit larger release. So before it's just been available at the it's tap been room. Draft. Uh, we did like there's I want to say like four years ago, maybe five years ago, there were a just a couple of kegs that came to Minnesota. Okay. Actually, it was three or four years ago when I got hired at Bell's. That was one of the first events I did out. Uh, with the Happy Gnome in St. Paul and nice. a couple of bars in in uh, in Minneapolis too, that there were literally just three or four kegs. So it was a, it went to these events and it blew people's minds, and that was the last we saw of it until next week. So because I can imagine, and uh, the Happy Gnome, those guys are awesome. They do a great job of highlighting great craft beer. Mm-hmm. But I can imagine too, if you just did an event centered around a beer just like that. You'd have people lined up that don't give a damn what the event's about, or you know, they just want to come for the beer. Honestly, I think people were there just because they go, uh, and, and there were definitely people that were following our website and just kind of looking at events. But that uh, I can tell you, there's a lot of people there that were just drinking double too hard, thinking it was regular too hearted. So that was an interesting night. Oh my! Yeah, they they didn't really know it hit them until maybe the second beer. How many like, have I had? <laughs> why am I getting this in 12 ounces? Yeah, that's like, that's funny. Yeah. So what what do you envision then long term with a beer like that? I mean, is this going to be become, and because I don't know how the game is played, but yeah. will that become then a beer for, for you guys at Bell's that becomes you know cyclical every at once a year, every six months? How, how does that game work? It's a possibility. Um, I, you know, I can't really speak to it because uh, get inside the minds of marketing and brewers and all the people that are making the wheels turn out at the brewery, but they're if a beer is successful and people, there's a really got a fan response to it. There's a distinct possibility that it can come back on a uh, on an annual basis. Sure. Like one of our summer beers that was kind of like a one off that made it into summer rotation was pool is pool time ale. That's a Belgian wheat with cherries. That was a big big fan favorite, and the voices were heard up the pub in Michigan and around our footprint. That hey, that's something that we would like to see again. So now it's a regular summer reoccurrence. 
that could be the same thing for two or double two hearted. Sure. You know, if there's a big response and I anticipate it, there will be. So Jackie, let me, let me switch back to you. Uh, just kind of double IPAs in general. Um, I know personally I'm a fan, but I can't gauge, you know, the consumer as a whole by, by the things that I like, but I'm always curious to know, is that a popular style of beer that people still really enjoy? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. People still are, um, pretty excited when a new double IPA comes out. Um, and, uh, I definitely am excited to see how this one does. So. I think it's going to be breakneck speed to how disappear how fast sure. it disappears yep. out of the stores. Yep. And does it obviously it, it matters to it the time of the year that you release it because a, a double IPA yeah. and you know I'm I'm an amateur but that's probably not something that you want to release in June because uh, or does that not really matter? I think I IPAs think, can yeah. hit any time. It'd be uh, if it was a stout or a porter being released in June. Yeah, it'd be a. <laughs> the old rule book <laughs> rule book of beer releases kind of like thrown out the window in the last within the last five seven years or so oh, really yeah i mean why I think, so i just think that people still drink seasonally and so we do uh, as with bells we kind of release a lot of our stouts um in the fall but that's tr- based on tradition um i just think like if it's uh, if it's a really good beer and there's a lot of buzz about it you could probably release it just about any time um but with us we're kind of an old school enough brewery that we kind of brew seasonally and what's appropriate and you know, like Larry said about the Oktoberfest, it's like, this is beer drinking weather. And I agree, 100%. Yeah. We kind of want to release beers when it makes sense. And big, hearty double IPAs make sense for in us to fall. do in the fall or yep. the winter. Like, Hop Sam comes out in January. It's a bone-warming beer. Mm-hmm. And I think Double Too Hard will be the same way. It'll be like a nice, sturdy beer. Uh, Bell's Brewing, the uh, the guest here, courtesy of Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Two tastings per usual this weekend. Uh, Friday, 5 to 7, South Minneapolis. Saturday, Wiper Lake, 3 to 5 p.m. Let's switch uh, over to official, a beer that I, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I've am i been looking at this damn can for 34 and a half minutes now. I can't, wait, I can't wait to try this for two reasons. Number one, I have really, and I know... Don't make fun of me, Jackie. I wouldn't. I know I'm the guy that <laughs> fell into the trap and started loving hazy IPAs. I don't care. I like them. <laughs> don't make fun of me. But You're number two, alone. I'm excited that it's a hazy IPA, but that it's made by you guys at Bell, so I know it's going to be a damn good beer. Don't feel bad, Chris, because I was kind of in the uh, skeptic camp on hazy IPAs. Were you really? Uh, yeah, and there's a few that changed my view on that, and I think like a uh, all right. So stop. So stop. Oh, I want. And I want to plug someone else. No, but well, yeah, sir, yeah, yeah, but 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 first. First, I want you to tell me why. Why were you skeptical? Honestly, I'm I'm a little ashamed of it now, but it was a lot of hype driven, and I was like, well, if it's so popular, why? How can this be really good? You know, and I I felt that okay. kind of mentality. But a handful of hazy IPAs out there uh, really kind of changed my mind once that style became a little bit more commercial. Like I remember my first truly honestly hazy IPA was Heady Topper years and years ago. That's going to be a big beer for your beer uh, fans out there that are listening. Okay. Um, it's a Vermont-based brewery, the Alchemist, or Alchemy Brewing? Mm-hmm. Alch- the Alchemist. Um, they, it's kind of like their signature beer, and that that's a true Northeast uh, New England hazy IPA, and I had that years ago and never really thought about the style. It what? became like the style of the day. And I think part of what, what happened for me with that style of beer is it was kind of a slow indoctrination to that beer, and I remember yeah. I, I'll never forget. Um, I I got a text from a friend who said you better get get the Rebel Juice IPA from Sam Adams, and I thought I'm, 
I'm not buying a same man. I, I gotta go to I, you know anyway. Yeah. And I remember trying it, thinking, oh, I I kind of like this. And then they came out with the New England style IPA, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. And I like a lot of what Sam Adams is doing. But then I started to see these other craft breweries pop up, and the yep. and the conversion one for me was Prize yep. over here in Minneapolis near Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me, uh, uh, um, Broadway Pizza yep. over here. And I remember having theirs, and I went, "Holy Hannah, I'm in love with this style of beer." So it was kind of that slow indoctrination. So that's why I'm again, yep. I'm, I'm I'm really excited to try this. Yeah. So with official. Like you kind of heard Larry say, it was kind of a happy mistake. Uh, there was <laughs> Which a, aren't we all? Right? <laughs> when I'm around. Uh, but I, I'm really glad we kind of went down the down that uh, rabbit hole, really getting into that game, because the end product went is just fantastic. It's soft, and the bitterness is kind of low. Uh, you know, you got it's got a little bit of flaked oats and wheat in there for like a nice round, full feel without adding too much body. So... Even your non-IPA drinkers, I think, would really like it because it's kind of a lighter beer, although it is just a little bit less than two-hearted and alcohol-wise. Okay, it doesn't taste like it. And how long? How long have you guys had official? This made its debut in about February, January or February of 2019. So this okay. year, it's a relatively new product for us, but year-round. Yep, year-round beer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And a, a popular selection at Elevated Jack. Oh yeah, we've been uh, selling a lot of it. Um, since February when we yeah. when we got it in. I believe so. you guys carry both six packs and four packs. So if you're a tall boy person out there, we got you covered. Mm-hmm. So l- let's go as a whole now for you guys at Bells in this market now yep. in particular. Because as we mentioned, you know, I- I- at the beginning of the segment, you know, the-, the-, the Twin Cities as a whole, but the state of Minnesota that you guys are carried in here, it's a it's it's a good market, but it's a pretty competitive market oh, now absolutely. because the game, you know, just in the what seven or eight years that we've been doing this show people are up in their game now. I mean, because I've been asked from people far and wide, yeah. if you're not making good beer, you better not open your doors. you you got to get mm-hmm. that part of it figured out first or or you're right. not going to make it. The The grace period is over, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started getting my, my foot in the door in craft brewing, it was with some local breweries. Uh, there were, I could probably count on two hands how many were in the state or operating. And there was a lot of... Uh, questionable beer out there on as we were as the local scene was growing but there was a lot of forgiveness and a lot of acceptance because we're just trying this out because you were once removed from being a home brewer like larry was yeah you are once removed from being a home brewer you went maybe last year brewing in a competition you won a medal and now you holy crap i've got a, a brewery and i've got a business and we're cranking out beer then that was a beautiful part of the the beginning of like that, uh, like uh, mid two thousands uh, beer scene here because you could see what stuck to the wall and see what sure. worked. I think with the greater amount of competition and there's some really good beer being produced almost from the get go, that window has definitely gone away. That acceptance, that forgiveness, you have to be really good right away. Well, and, be- and fix it if there's anything wrong. And I think too, it, to, to, to kind of piggyback on that, I think too what's happening is, you know, the, the common question always is, you know, when are we hitting the saturation point? When yeah. are we getting... But I, I don't think that's so much the case as you better be making... You, you, your quality better yeah. be high because even if it's... Even if it doesn't matter if, if you're brand new or, or been doing it a long time, yeah. the quality better be up there or it doesn't matter what the saturation yeah. point is. You're just not simply not going to make it. Quality first. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big, as a beer salesperson, uh, beer professional, and a uh, longtime beer fan, craft beer fan, uh, quality was the first thing I always look for. So if you make good beer, I'm going to think about you all the time. You know, 
that's the first step when me and a lot of folks like me out there. All right, a couple, couple of minutes left here before we yep. before we get a break. Uh, I want to touch on Oktoberfest because yeah. you brought in some. I had the chance to try it before the show started, and I and I wasn't blowing smoke because Oktoberfest, like like the hazy style New England style IPA, Oktoberfest, I I do look forward to. Yeah. I promised myself not to drink one until after Labor Day because it's just you made it a, a, a kinda. Um, but but what I do, lo- I just love this style of beer, and I do have to tip my cap to you guys because this is an exceptional. Yeah. Style of Thank you so you much. Yeah, it's really, really good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm 100 with you. It's probably my favorite style of beer, the Martin uh, style, like just a nice little multi uh, amber colored lager. It's light, but it's full bodied. Mm-hmm. It's got really nice, like fruity notes from the the malt, like that kind of like that caramel note. It's too. a perfect fall beer. There's folks. a lot, a lot yeah. going on in in there for a lager, you know. But yeah, it is. The right time to drink them. Drink them now. Now, you guys have been doing it forever, I've got to imagine, with the Oktoberfest. Or how, how many years have you guys been you know, doing Oktoberfest? Uh, that's one I, I really don't know how long. It's been a it's a staple. Um, I don't know how long it's been in our portfolio, but okay. I can tell you it's, I've always known, as far as, as long as I've been drinking bells, we've had the Oktoberfest. So let me ask you then, Jackie, because you know obviously we have shells in our backyard mm-hmm. here of do, doing a quality Oktoberfest, one that I do love and I will always throw a six-pack in my cart when I'm at Elevated. But I'm curious, Oktoberfest as a whole, has that just single division of style of beer really expanded these past couple of years? Because I just get the impression when I look at shelves, when I walk in Elevated, there's a lot more beers being offered. So I have to imagine that that popularity of that style of beer is growing. Yeah, in the uh, last few years, so a few years ago, it was every brewery had an Oktoberfest. Mm -hmm. And then we had almost too much of it getting to the end of the season where the second November 1st hits, it's completely done. Right. You better sell it by Halloween or right. Right. Exactly. And uh, I think this year, a lot of the smaller breweries have realized like, you know what? We're not an Oktoberfest kind of brewery. We're going to leave it it to to the professionals and not that smaller breweries aren't the professionals. They just, you know, don't have that Oktoberfest. When you don't have the luxury of mass producing is right. what you're saying. Yeah. And exactly. there are some local breweries who are doing some really good Oktoberfests that have been selling like crazy and they're really good. But um, I think ones like Bell's have just stuck around so yeah. well that they are um, ones that we're going to order up on and have a lot on hand. Or, for you know, if you're if you're a smaller brewery like lo- locally here, maybe you only want to offer it in the tap room. Right. Because maybe that just makes fiscally more sense for you right. than to, to sell it on uh, the, the shelves at Elevated. Yeah. So uh, it's been really good. And I think pumpkins kind of took a <laughs> took a spike this year as well, which we were not expecting. So like with, pumpkins back. Yeah. And <laughs> like with any style or any, anything, I always say like the good ones will survive. Like the really quality beers will survive. The ones that have the branding, the recognition, those will survive. So some of those pumpkin pumpkins, See, I even mm-hmm. say pumpkin as like almost like Kleenex <laughs> or chapstick or something. Yep. Um, those kind of beers, those brands will get the resurgence, I think. Yep. You know, because there's quality first and then there's 
the beer that is the style that people first had. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's why Too Hard is like a big thing because that might be the first IPA that someone had and it just sticks with their head. Yeah. Yep. So, Andy, if people yeah. are hearing this, they want to find out more information about Bell's Brewery, where they can find your beer and yep. all the styles of beer that you guys have to offer. Yeah. Uh, where can they find that info, sir? We have a wonderful, wonderful uh, website called bellsbeer.com. There's a beer finder you can find in with relative accuracy of where the most recent shipments, even in Minnesota, have been. Um, you can find about recipes on how to cook with our beer. You can find cool. events, so Minnesota events. I, I'm the guy that puts all our events on our website, so you can, for Minnesota at least, and you can always find out what's going on through everything through bellsbeer.com. Awesome. Pleasure to meet you, man. Thanks Thank for coming you, in. Appreciate it. Uh, two tastings this week, and girls, spit it. Let's go. So we've got uh, Minneapolis tasting on Friday from 5 to 7, and White Bear Lake Saturday from 3 to 5. Um Make sure if you are in the Minneapolis area, you download our Elevated app. Just search Elevated Beer. And uh, that way, if you are hearing this now and you're like, man, that Oktoberfest sounds really good. Or, oh, I really want some Bell's Official at nine ninety nine for a six-pack. Uh, you can order it right now and have Postmates deliver it to you. Awesome. Pretty darn fast. You're so. the best, hon. Thank Thanks. you. Uh, we'll be back to wrap things up. You're listening to The Beer Show Live on Score North and scorenorth.com. I'm standing in a hollow up at all the roads. Which do I follow? Which one takes me back? In my head there's a timeline Of how it's gonna play out Used to think I cracked the code I know differently now I was thinking that the sky might fall Now I'm learning, don't worry at all Final segment of the beer show here on Score North And of course online we are scorenorth.com and also available on the all new brand spanking new Score North mobile app. I wanted to give a quick little shout out to uh, a, a new friend of the beer show. That is the band Dawson Hollow. Uh, they performed for us live on the stage for Garage Logic and since then uh, they have become not only fans of that show but also have become fans of the beer show. The guys were nice enough to after performing live at the Minnesota State Fair Come and take in the beer show. I was really, uh, I was really touched and honored by that. So I said, of course, uh, we would feature some of your music here on the beer show. Uh, you can follow them at Dawson Hollow on Twitter, like I do. Uh, they have a really cool selection. They kind of have that um, Mumford and Sons uh, feel to it, but really good guys and also uh, big, big lovers of beer. So there's a couple of stories that I wanted to get to in the closing couple of minutes here on the beer show. I know everybody's wrapped with attention because NFL football is uh, about to kick off here shortly, but I found a couple of interesting stories. The first one out of the um, uh, Star Tribune, actually by the Associated Press, and uh, I think this is a fight that we're going to keep continuing to see, especially with the big brands. Uh, Big beer we're talking about. A judge tells Anheuser-Busch to drop corn syrup packaging. Big Beer is still duking it out over corn syrup. A federal judge on Wednesday ordered Anheuser-Busch to stop using Bud Light packaging that implies 
Rival brews made by Miller Coors contain corn syrup. The order extends an injunction issued in May that barred Anheuser-Busch from making those claims in television, in billboard, and print advertising. The cardboard packaging on Bud Light 6-packs, 12-packs, and 24-packs says, quote, no corn syrup, quote, in bold letters and invites customers to visit a website it lists its ingredients. Bud Light is brewed with water, barley, rice, and of course hops. Miller Coors uses corn syrup in the fermentation process for Miller Light and Coors Light, but the final product doesn't actually contain corn syrup. It said Anheuser-Busch's campaign is illegal and bad for the industry. Quote, with this ruling, we are holding Bud Light accountable for their actions, and we will keep holding their feet to the fire every time they intentionally mislead the American public, Miller Coors CEO Gavin Hattersley said in a statement. In Wednesday's decision, Milwaukee-based U.S. District Judge William Conley said Anheuser-Busch can use the packaging until it, and, uh, it has until it runs out or until March 2020, whichever comes first. The decision said that as of June 6th, Anheuser-Busch had printed 64 million packages worth around $27.7 million with the no corn syrup icon. Miller Coors had asked Conley to force Anheuser-Busch to cover the corn syrup icon with a sticker, but Anheuser-Busch claimed those stickers would cost $76 million, an estimate Conley said was absurdly high. Miller Coors sued its rival in March, saying Anheuser-Busch had spent as much as $30 million on a false and misleading campaign, including Super Bowl ads that showed Bud Light Nights delivering a barrel of corn syrup to a Miller Light castle. Conley said Miller Coors has demonstrated a likelihood of success in its claim that it had been irre- uh, irreparably harmed excuse me, by Anheuser-Busch's campaign. In quote, in light of the limited number of beers in the light beer market with Bud Light, Miller Light, and Coors Light, accounting for almost 100% of sales, that same jury could also find a substantial segment of consumers would infer that Bud Light's principal comp- competitors contained corn syrup, Conley wrote in Wednesday's decision. Anheuser-Busch said Wednesday it looks forward to defending its position in court. Miller Coors is resisting consumer demands for transparency in the ingredients used to brew its beers, but those demands are here to stay. We will continue leading this movement in the beer industry, the company said, but the campaign has come to come at some cost to Anheuser-Busch after the Super Bowl. The vice president of the National Corn Growers Association posted a video of himself pouring a can of Bud Light down his drain. Ironically, Anheuser-Busch, which is owned by Belgium-based Anheuser-Busch InBev, uh, brews some of its beers, including Natural Light, Bush Light, and Rolling Rock with corn syrup. Miller Coors, which is owned by Denver-based Molson Coors Brewing Company, brews many of its beers without corn syrup, including Blue Moon, Belgian White, and Pilsner Urkel. So what are we to make of all of this? Well, it's a lot of uh, litigation and a couple of big fancy numbers, but I don't find this surprising whatsoever because it's doing one of two things. Number one, obviously, these are huge brands with nationwide exposure that have the kind of money to do million and billion dollar budgets and million dollar Super Bowl ads, but they're all fighting with each other because they're all owned by each other. It, it's it, it's I find this the kind of thing that's going to continue to uh, boost 
the rise of craft beer and micro brews because I think a lot of people are seeing kind of the uh, the, uh, the the ugly underbelly side of big beer, and this is a perfect example of that. And the other part of it is it's keeping their name out there, and I think that's also probably playing into the hands of the marketing team. I know I'm I'm viewed as the cynic in a lot of ways, but I just don't find any of this surprising, and honestly. Kind of humorous because they're all just basically saying, well, you know, my dad's taller. No, 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 my dad's taller. Anyway, uh, on to a different story and one that I found uh, kind of fascinating. I got this from an emailer. Uh, Chance Mitchell uh, emailed me er, earlier this week and uh, wanted to let me know about a fun fact about Ham's Brewing. And this is something that I did not know. Uh, we're all familiar with, of course, the, the Ham's jingle and their impact and how they got uh, baseball uh, to, to come here back in 1961, the partnership that they had uh, with the inception of the Minnesota Twins. And uh, Chase says, hey, Reavers, here's a simple fun fact about Ham's beer. These days, it is 100% identical to Pabst Blue Ribbon. I did not know that. They use the same recipe, share the same tanks, and are even packaged in the same bottling and canning runs. They fill their quota of PBR and whatever is left gets packaged as Ham's. And on another note... uh yeah, it's, uh, on another note, I do enjoy a nice ice-cold Ham's beer. You should try one as well. It's been a while since I've had a Ham's beer, but I do know that um, it is making a resurgence with um, the you know the, the college-age kids. I see a lot of the college-age kids with, at, in fact, at the State Fair, I saw a bunch of them wearing the, the Ham's t-shirt, so kind of that retro feel. And I know, obviously, PBR is extremely popular with that same age demographic, so that I do, I do not find that surprising whatsoever. So that's pretty interesting. But you know what? Honestly, that's it's it's not really all that shocking because you know they're they're both uh, both mass produced at kind of the same level. So anyway, that's all I guess you needed to know about Ham's beer and of course Anheuser Busch. But uh, a lot of fun tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, thank you for your continued support of the beer show. It really really means a lot to me. And uh, if you find us on iTunes, please give us a rating. Give us a five star rating if you'd like. And uh, that will help spread the word about the beer show and also make it a lot easier for other people to find the show. And uh, it's been a lot of fun doing the show over the years, and I want to keep continuing. For Mike Fratelloni with Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores, and of course, our dear friends from Elevated to Beer, Wine and Spirits, those are two people, uh, two, two, two organizations, excuse me, that have been with this show since day one, and I truly appreciate both of them. And uh, we'll talk to you again next Thursday night. My name is Chris Travers, and until then, enjoy the football. We'll see you next week. Cheers. I was thinking that the sky might fall. Now I'm learning, don't worry at all. I want to run On November 13th, it's the dawning of a new era. When the NFL debuts in Germany, live on NFL Network. Brady and the Bucks. Touchdown, Tampa Bay! DK and the Seahawks. Puts the ball up, making a catch! Wake up and watch with the world. It's Sunday morning football, live from Munich. Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern, only on NFL Network.